The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey everyone, welcome to a good football show. I am Matt Straup. It is Tuesday, June 21st, and today we're going to be catching up on some recent NFL headlines and what it might mean for the upcoming season for fantasy purposes. That includes an update on the Jags' backfield, some sleeper tight ends, at least one polarizing wide receiver, and more. I am joined by Lawrence Jackson and noted NBA fan Denny Carter. Denny, first time I've seen you at least since the NBA season officially ended. I know you've become a real heavy hitter in NBA DFS circles. What, what are you doing now with your time? Are, moving on to NBA draft props, I assume. Like, what, what's the next move here? I'm just, I'm just in mourning as a as a hardcore NBA fan for the past 90 days. This is this is a tough. It's a tough time for me. Matt. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I am, so. I am, I am happy to see you know uh, the underdog Warriors get a get a championship. Mm. That you know, yeah. look with a with a payroll of half a billion dollars. And 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 odds on favorites to win the whole thing. Who who would have thought? Who could have thought that they could win a championship? Well, they did prior to the season. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but you know, Lakers, Nets, Bucks, Boston, Phoenix, those are a few that were ahead of them. Yeah, I'd say they they weren't in the bottom half odds to right. uh, to win it, but you know. I, I guess I was talking about entering the playoffs, but you're right. You're right, Lawrence. Oh, yeah. No, I entering the playoffs. It's like because, you know, that's when everybody start watching basketball anyway. That's right. That's when. Yeah, that's when yeah. my uh, uh, lifelong <laughs> NBA fanhood started back in April. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, so we're now into the NBA offseason. And when I think of offseason, I, I did want to ask you guys, are either of you brushing up on your cornhole game? Or is, is cornhole part of the agenda? Because I've been told as we turn to football. There is a cornhole tournament approaching at the Fantasy yep. Football Expo in August. Are our preparations moving along for that? I, for one, have done I've done little else for, for the past six to seven months. I'm out there three to five hours a day, depending on the weather, yeah. practicing cornhole. I'm doing cornhole specific exercises. Good. I'm I'm grinding tape. I actually yeah. film myself for the entire three to five hours, and then I look back at, at every toss to try to uh, calculate what what's what's going on there. So I, I'm ready. I don't know about Lawrence. Well, you know, um, just by the way it looked, you know what I'm saying? It looked like it's all in the hips. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, you got to get that good release. Right. Like Little where track. I'm from, where I grew up, we didn't really play that too much. But um, 
you know, I've played it before uh-huh. and, uh, you know, I just like to win. So no, I'm not preparing for it. I'm not getting in shape for this. I fully expect to, you know, just show up and just win with no preparation, all in the hips, just focus on my hips and I'll be good to go. And so L- Lawrence is what we call a game day player. He shows up yeah. on game day. He's yeah, ready. Yeah. He performs. He leaves. There's no practice. There's no, there's no nothing, you know, no preparation. Me, on the other hand, I'm a preparer. And then I completely, <laughs> right. I completely choke on game day. So we're, we're opposite. But that. see, this is the thing though. This is why you shouldn't prepare. This is why <laughs> I don't. Right. Cause when I show up and I win, you know, it's all good. Hey, he ain't even practice. But if right. I lose, I got that out too. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Win, win situation. And I'm definitely ex- really expecting to lose, but if I got confidence, you know, at least right. that might, you know, that might scare some folks in the beginning. So that's what I'm hoping, you know, so we're going to mm-hmm. see how it go. You're also, by not preparing, feeling no pressure, whereas Denny has put in the hours and he's going to yeah, step yeah, up yeah. there and feel feel the weight of the world on him yeah. as he as he prepares to throw. I, I even heard you sustain a neck injury uh, doing cornhole training. Denny. I did. I, I can hardly move my head right now because <laughs> of, a, of an injury I sustained. I'm going. I'm undergoing physical therapy every single day until the mm-hmm. cornhole tournament to get ready. You know, to get physically ready, like an like an Olympic athlete. You know, I, it's 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 similar. Many are saying, so I'm I am taking this very seriously. I will say the key to a good cornhole throw is getting the proper arc on it. I mean, mm. you you really you have to hit like what is you know in golf would be a flop shot, really. You know, to right. to land it and make it stick. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, this this no arc thing that that I see people doing is not going to yeah. work. It's not going it, to. It'll work sometimes, but not in the big leagues. You have to you have to get that arc. Just do some curls, man. That that seems to be the. It's summer too. You just do some curls. Right. That, that, that's how I hurt my neck. <laughs> cornhole curls. All right. The cornhole tournament. One of many things going on at the Fantasy Football Expo. NBC Sports Edge is one of the sponsors. That's coming up August twelfth through fourteenth in Canton, Ohio. To learn more, go to thefantasyfootballexpo.com. And if you use the promo code NBC Pass, apparently you can get twenty dollars off all of the packages. So uh, something to keep in mind. All right, let's go to the headlines that we want to get into today, and we're going to start in Buffalo, where Joe Buscaglia of The Athletic wrote recently that Gabriel Davis will be, quote, a full-time starter for the first time in 2022 and is likely to bust loose as the best running mate Stephon Diggs has had since coming to Buffalo. Now, this is the aforementioned polarizing receiver from the intro. As we all know, he had that absurd playoff performance against the Chiefs, eight catchers, 201 yards, four touchdowns, current ADP all the way up to around 50 overall on underdog Lawrence. Where are you when it comes to this Gabe Davis breakout? Would you describe yourself as all in, or do you have some hesitation when it comes to uh, Gabe Davis round number 50 currently? Well, I'm one of them scary folks who just play in the middle and seeing how I kind of shape first. Like, I uh-huh. currently got him ranked as my wide receiver 31, and I don't even know, like, I don't know if that's disrespect or not. Um, yeah. But I feel like it's solid, you know, for. You know, where I haven't even actually come out like I haven't said or tweeted or nothing about right Gabe David because I'm like I said, I'm just I'm just being the safe guy, being a little scary little boy, just watching what everybody else do. Um <laughs> because I I mean it it could go either way, you know. And, and you you just spoke on the four touchdowns he had in the playoff game. What has like, you know, creeped into my mind a little bit is another guy who once scored four, four touchdowns in a game, and he recently said he was a top three receiver. 
That's Chase Claypool. He once had a four touchdown game. And it seems like since then we ain't seen him. Um, So I feel like, you know, the hype for Gabe Davis started with that playoff game. Right. Then we get into the off season and now he going to bust loose. That sounds funny, but he going to do that now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you talking about the physical talent is there. Uh, I don't know where the, where the vacated targets is coming from. Um, they brought in Jamison Crowder, and I've heard you shouldn't be, you know, nervous for that. But if he's coming in to replace Cole Beasley, then, um, you know, Cole Beasley had some games. And, and I feel like uh, Jamison Crowder a little bit better of a player. Um, I just, man, that that's that's just one dude. That's why I ranked him at wide receiver 31, because I feel like mm-hmm. he's going to have those big games like – you see him go for 200 yards once, you could do it again. But Stefan Diggs, we're also looking for him to have a better year as well. You know, he had the blow up year, his first right. year in Buffalo. Then that 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 went down a little bit in uh 2021. So we're looking for him to have a better year as well. So I just don't know like what are we truly expecting for are we expecting 1300 yards from Gabriel Davis? right at a thousand because i could see Mm -hmm. that josh allen could support that if he wanted to around a thousand yards and you know eight to ten touchdowns is i feel like it's doable anything other than that i will be a little shocked look i'm i'm fine taking gabriel davis at like wide receiver 24 25 because i think that there are many avenues to him outperforming that maybe not by a ton you know i'm not i'm not saying you know i project him as a wide receiver a top 10 wide receiver this year or anything but you know it it doesn't have to be i i thought about claypool too at one point lawrence and then i thought well you know josh allen can probably support two fantasy viable wide receivers and i know you you would you would agree there gabe davis is going to have you know, ups and downs. It's going to be inconsistent. It, that's just his game. Like he's downfield. He's a red zone threat. Stefan Diggs will probably keep eating up intermediate targets, although that kind of went away last year. Uh, and and I, don't tell Bill's Twitter that Stefan Diggs uh, receiving profile changed in 2021 because you will you will hear about it for literally weeks. I learned that the hard way. Uh, you know, but but Gabriel Davis is like like the athletic reporter said, he is the best running mate Stefan Diggs has had. Last year it was Emmanuel Sanders, who was serviceable for fantasy purposes as a 34, 35-year-old veteran, uh, not you know, not exactly at his peak last year until until he got injured, of course. And and Davis has done nothing but produce when given the opportunity. So un- un- unless you think that that Diggs goes back to like supreme alpha status from 2020 which was a little bit of an outlier in the way that he's been used as an nfl receiver i think that you can feel pretty comfortable taking gabe davis as a again we're talking about a low-end wide receiver too like i i just i don't see that as as you know as insane or it'd be people folks on twitter i spend too much on twitter but you know folks on twitter they act like people are taking him over like t higgins or something right. like it's not it's not happening like you can get him depending on how you put your draft together you can get him as your wide receiver three i, I like that and what kind of range you, you mentioned t higgins what what kind of range i need to double check what kind of players what what players are around him? what receivers are around 
Gabe Davis, but I mean, I find myself with extreme FOMO when it comes to this guy for better. Yeah, or me worse. too. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I'm not, it's nothing is it, nothing is a slam dunk, obviously. But if you, if you look at the guys who are going around him, you have Rashad Bateman. I'm, I'm happily taking Davis over Bateman. Yeah. You have uh, Juju Smith Schuster, who I guess, I guess belongs in that tier, but I, I'm, I'm not too excited about him. Chris Godwin, who won't play for the first month of the year, maybe longer. Amari Cooper, who probably won't have Deshaun Watson for a while uh, this season. And guys like uh, Devontae Smith, Drake London, DK Metcalf. Now, if you take Metcalf over Gabe Davis, I can I can understand that. But mm-hmm. but I, I just I don't think it's I don't think it's wild. And yeah, like his like the way we think of Gabe Davis changed in that playoff game against the Chiefs. I get that. But I still don't think that he has rocketed to an absurd uh, ADP. Yeah, yeah, like he he definitely hasn't uh, gotten uh, as expensive as uh, as T Higgins. So I, I I will say that definitely he's still at he definitely still at a reasonable reasonable price there. All right, another wide receiver situation we want to look at is in Tennessee, and that's. According to Joe Rexroad of The Athletic, first-round pick Traylon Burks, apparently behind Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook-Akine as of right now. Of course, it's only late June, but as the number three receiver currently in Tennessee, Denny, what do you make of this talk? Do you give this any weight, or is this a June conversation that you expect to fade as we get into August and September? It's definitely a June conversation, obviously. Like, yeah. And, you know, the, the fantasy football folks plugged in right now, they would tell you the same. This is This is June. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count. And they would say, hey, look, last year or two years ago, Justin Jefferson was labeled the wide receiver three in Minnesota back in in June and July. And that's true also. But to compare Jefferson's situation with this one, with Burks, they're they're not similar. They're not even close to similar. Burks, first of all, struggled mightily with his asthma and breathing during uh, pre-draft workouts for, for teams. He missed a lot of rookie camp with with those breathing issues. He missed all of mini camp. He was quote unavailable per Mike Vrabel, the, and that well, that was not the case with Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. was practicing. He was participating. It's just that he was a rookie playing for a hard hard butt coach in Mike Zimmer, and uh, and you know and the, and now now you have another hard hard butt coach in uh, Mike Vrabel who doesn't seem thrilled with Burks's lack of availability. So I think until something changes drastically, we have to assume that at best Traylon Burks is going to be the wide receiver two in Tennessee. This, this, um, I'm personally like this, something I'm skimming through and, and I'm, you know, I'm sending that to the wolves on Twitter and social media It's June 21st today. If we talking about this on July 21st mm-hmm. and especially August 21st, mm-hmm. then that's when you kind of get to worry because in July 21st, you're in training camp. You know, it like Denny just said, he hasn't been practicing. They just took this dude number 18 overall. They just traded away the franchise receiver. It's clear as day he's there to replace him. He had he had, he just got to practice, and Mike Vrabel he uh you know like he a, he a tough nose head coach, you know um it, get get a, give him a little time. It's still June. 
get get that breathing right. Maybe he need to get them actual breathe rights that they used to wear back in the chair. Rice used to wear it right there. Get just one of them. You know what I'm saying? Get your breathing right. Come to practice and then see what happens. They know what the, the other guys on the roster could do. He got to get reps. So yeah, he of course he the wire. Hell, it's good that he's the wide receiver three right now. It, he ain't been practicing, so you know it's cool. Yeah, it, one one thing uh, you know about the Tennessee, Tennessee offense. One thing we know is going to be run first, run heavy approach mm-hmm. with Derrick Henry at the center of the offense, and rightfully so. So unless Burks emerges at some point this summer as like some sort of dominant force in that in that receivers room, he's not going to see the necessary volume, I think, to be an every week starter in 12 team leagues to start the season. Now, that's not saying later in the season when he gets acclimated, maybe when he gets some breathe right strips, something like this, <laughs> like like Lawrence mentioned, you know, right. may, may, maybe he can by week eight, 10, whatever, maybe he can emerge in that sort of A.J. Brown target dominator role. I'm not dismissing that. But to start the season, I think in redraft, Burks is going to be more of a stash than a guy who you're going to be rolling out as a wide receiver three or four and saying, oh, yeah, def- I'm very confident that this guy's going to see targets. That it's- I don't know where they're going to come from if Robert Woods is ahead of him. We should know Breathe Right, not a sponsor of today's episode, no. but I'm glad I'm glad we got that in. Uh, <laughs> producer, producer Adam points out, Last year, there was all the talk about Jamar Chase being unable to catch the football, adjusting to the NFL ball oh. versus the the college ball with the stripes. With I mean, the stripes. So, a different narrative, but obviously, the reminder is ultimately you want to bet on the talent and just make yeah. sure the situ make sure the situation you know allows him to thrive. And I think that seems like almost more of the question for all of us is like, is, is can he get far enough? You know. Can he become this sort of no doubt go to guy in, in that passing game? I think is probably the biggest question. And I don't think we're real worried about Nick Westbrook Akine in that conversation. No, it's no, probably no. more reliable Robert Woods. But Robert Woods is 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 the kind of boring player. Uh, nothing against Robert Woods. I know he listens to this podcast, but no, you know, he's the kind of boring player who who could end up just just kind of providing some some baseline fantasy value for in 12 team mm-hmm. leagues, whereas you know, we don't don't really know with with Burks. I, I, I would be cautious. I I'll, let me let me check just real quick where Burks is going. Sorry, I took the wrong nope, thing. Okay, you're good. we have this is good good podcasting. We have no. Burks I have one go- more. I have one more breathe right promo to read if you want me <laughs> to say that. While you're <laughs> He's going at wide receiver thirty eight, right around Hunter Renfro, Russell Gage, okay. Christian Kirk. I would I would have all those guys over Burks. Definitely Renfro over Burks. Renfro, Oof. yeah. Yeah. All right. We now want to get to some news out of Jacksonville. As Sports Illustrated's John Shipley reports that Jags head coach Doug Peterson sees James Robinson as a three-down back when he's fully healthy. Now he's coming off that Achilles tear, of course, and Robinson is not expected to be ready for training camp, will likely miss the start of the regular season. Lawrence, what, if anything, does this do for you when it comes to evaluating this Jacksonville backfield? How, do, how is this whole thing shaking out for you between ETN and Robinson? Well, for for Robinson, I think it's good. You know, he's uh, he's in month six right now of his recovery. Mm-hmm. We still have a whole nother month of training camp. Then you got August, which is the preseason. So he'll come back a little later than what Cam Akers initially did by at least a month. You know, so uh, there was a time when, you know, 
it, you might have felt like he might not even been able to come back until later in the season, but it's different now. And then in, in regards to ETN, you know, that's another player where, you know, I'm shook. I rank him safely at uh, mm-hmm. running back 29. He got a little uh, hype train going through the roof this summer. Um, but I do not feel – I feel like once Robinson does get back in the groove, simply because he can play. The boy could play some football. When you can mm-hmm. stand out on the Jaguars, you could run that ball. Um, at, at some point, he going to come back and – there's going to be, you know, some type of committee. Uh, I believe I read it in uh, one of our blurbs. You might have wrote this, Denny, that they view him as a three down back whenever he returns. And I would agree with that because that's what we've seen. That's what's been proven. What will be interesting is when he actually does come back and how much can like what can Travis Etienne do in the time? that James mm-hmm. Robinson is gone because that could affect some things as well. Cause you know, in the NFL things change quick. You could go one week saying, this is the guy he going to be the guy when he come back. But if you perform, you can't bring him out. So, you know, um, I like what ETN has been able to do coming back. It'll just be, I feel at some point it, it'll be a committee and uh, I have them uh, ranked accordingly for that. Yeah, I want to clarify one thing about the John Shipley report. So uh, Doug Peterson said that Robinson could or would be a, a three down back when fully healthy. He said that in March at the at the owners meeting. So oh. I, I didn't really clarify that in the blurb. And, and I, I, sh- I should have. This is a while ago. But the point remains that Peterson has, unlike Urban, Urban Meyer, knows who James Robinson is. First of all, <laughs> right. he's heard of him. Which is yeah. which is a good. That's a that's a good first step. That's a in, that's a start. And getting on the field, you know, you have a head coach who knows who you are, who doesn't come into the league knowing three players, like like Urban Meyer did. Anyway, I'm I'm still not I'm still not over Urban Meyer. Obviously, those three um, players were Tim Tebow, yeah. um, Laquan Treadwell, and who who was the oh, third? No, it was it was Aaron not Donald. Aaron Donald. It, he it, didn't he knew, know him, right? Oh, he didn't know. Oh, yeah, he uh, didn't, he didn't know. know. He know. <laughs> he didn't know. He he saw him. He saw a uh, film of Aaron Donald. He said, "Oh, oh right, that, that that guy's trouble." <laughs> Whoa, you, look you out! Think? <laughs> <laughs> look out! The best defensive Hold player in the now. NFL. Hold on now. What have I gotten Man, myself I, into? Oh no, I was just I was just mentioning Treadwell because of his his wild usage. Oh oh, oh my fault. Yeah. Okay, I didn't catch on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. NFL thought leader, Urban Meyer. So, you know, J- James Robinson, he he could have a, a role later in the season now. He tore his Achilles in late December. That's mm-hmm. that's a tough timeline. Like, yeah, and and Cam Akers, yeah. you know, was an exception to the rule when it comes to a re- recovery from such a devastating injury. I think, I think we can expect James Robinson back maybe by October, maybe even November. And that and that makes him like a worthy stash. I think that his ADP is going to plummet in the in the next month or two because it's going to be it's going to be very clear that he has no chance to start start the season, you know, on the field for Jacksonville and and Etienne will will get uh, that role that that may, possibly that work workhorse role. But like Lawrence said a minute ago. You know, once you know, once we get into the, you know deep into the fall and into the winter, 
I could see this, you know, be, becoming somewhat of a timeshare. Is that good for fantasy? No, of course not. But it, it could be, it could give Robinson some value later in the year. I think uh, Kim Akers kind of spoiled us when it comes to those Achilles yeah. recoveries. He did have a different procedure, I think, than the normal one based on what I've read. But I don't think we should be expecting guys to typically make it back as fast as he did. No, Probably it was a, it was a, it was an Adrian Peterson type recovery. Yeah, you know, was, and when, yeah. when when AP tore his ACL and. He was back like 15 minutes later looking better than ever. You know, it's MVP. Yeah. AD. All right. We have a few more topics to hit. First, we're going to take a very quick break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs on the PGA Tour and NASCAR Circuit. NBA playoffs, I should note, are over, but the point still holds. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. Okay, now this next item I think is sure to warm Denny's heart because we have some sleeper tight end news to hit, Denny, and we start with the Chargers, where the Athletics' Daniel Popper writes that Gerald Everett could be in line for a career year, and the team is going to use him in a variety of ways from screens to flat routes to jet sweeps. Denny, I know you've been saying for years that you need to see more Gerald <laughs> Everett jet sweeps. What do you make of this news? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that's what we need. I I love, you know, I love that the fact that last year the Denver offense was predicated on Noah Fant jet sweeps, which is yeah, maybe yeah. The, the funniest play <laughs> I saw in the NFL last year. I hate the tight end jet sweep is the worst thing ever. You know, but I look. This is June. It's a June blurb. It was a June. And I and I'm not going to take any flack from anybody. OK, I'm looking for no. content. I'm in Why the I'm, I'm, I'm in the content minds. My face is black with soot. OK, like I'm yeah. I'm working hard trying to find this stuff. And I, if I find Gerald Everett's getting reverses and, and, and sweeps and whatnot, I'm blurbing it. So that so I'm just, you know, apologizing sort of for that. But <laughs> yeah, Everett is a is like is a huge upgrade over Jared Cook. OK. Nothing against Jared Cook. I I'm a Jared Cook truther from literally from 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So nothing against him, but Gerald Everett, much younger, way more athletic. He showed what he can do last year in Seattle when he had opportunity. Now 
-hmm. in a run heavy Seattle offense, he didn't always have that opportunity, but when he did, he produced. So in a slightly more pass heavy Los Angeles chargers offense, I think he can be serviceable. Now I think he'd still be a streamer, you know, in 12 team leagues. Like I don't think you're, you're going, you're ever going to be able to confidently plug in Gerald Everett in 12 team leagues and say, okay, this is my guy. I don't care. I think you're going to, I think you're going to stream him, but you know, it's, it's a good spot for him. It's a, it's an excellent productive offense. Yeah, like you said, uh, definitely a good streamer that could give you uh, some good good here and there, Gerald Everett can. That's pretty much been him for his whole career. Back in his early career with the Rams, I was a guy who, um, you know, I was like, this dude is like, a, he could be top seven, eight tight end. Sean McVay offense, they even used to run a little bit of them reverses back to yeah. by the goal line. They used to give him a mm-hmm. little quick reverse to, you know, steal the touchdown from Todd Gurley or whichever Rams receiver you had at the time. Right. It'd be Gerald Everett running in a little reverse. (laughs) Now, uh, this is why he's a streamer. If You know, he could. I think the chances of him having a career year are extremely high. Why? Because all he had to do is get 50 catches, 500 yards, and five touchdowns. He's never (laughs) done that. Right. In, a, in a season. So if he could get that, that is a career year. And it's very attainable. You you, you won't think he'll get much more than that because you obviously you gotta, you know, you gotta get targets to Keenan Allen, Mike Woods, and of course the running back catching God. Uh <laughs> no offense to CMC, Austin Eckler there. You gotta right. get the guy hit, you gotta get him his target. So when you got a running back that's catching the ball like he does, uh That'll be why, you know, Gerald Everett is, uh, you know, a tight end streamer. I thought he could actually have his career year last year with Russell Wilson. But, you know, team wasn't good. Russell Wilson missed some games. And, you know, Gerald Everett just doing what he do, get them 450 yards, them four or five touchdowns. And Mm -hmm. what, like 100 of them yards will come in one game. (laughs) So just whatever week you're streaming up. Let it be that week. <laughs> the 50 catches, 500 yards, and five touchdowns, I believe, is called the CJ Uzama line. That's, oh, yes. That's, that's the if sweet spot CJ right there. CJ Uzama make it look good, too. Boy. He make you think he a 1,000-yard tight end. You would you would think that. I, I, I'm looking at Gerald Everett's ADP right now on underdog. He's going as tight end 21, uh, which seems a little rich for me. Um, he's going around guys like Evan Ingram, Logan Thomas, who probably won't be ready for the season. Uh, Irv Smith. Well, Irv Smith's going slightly ahead of him. Uh, David Njoku. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't wow. feel like. I don't feel like I want to take Everett over any of those guys. Especially, I, I'd be really happy to take Evan Ingram over uh, over Everett. I'm Same. basically hearing you say. Everett's ADP has soared out of control, Denny. That's what I just heard you say. I mean, it's, it's a little. It's, it's a little much. Untenable. It's a little much. I, I feel like I, I there, there is a weird sort of subsection of Gerald Everett truthers on Twitter. They're a little frightening, and they're very excited right now. Oh, if, if they if there's a Gerald Everett truther out there right now, knowing what we know with the Chargers' offense, then they probably fight people for no reason. <laughs> oh yeah, they'll, oh, they'll yeah. fight you. They will fight. You. <laughs> right, right. I, I think the argument goes: Why draft Travis Kelsey when you can wait on Gerald Everett? Right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, hey, you, hey. Be, you, you know how it be. <laughs> yeah, I, I do know. 
<laughs> All right. We mentioned CJ Uzama a minute ago. Uh, he has vacated the city of Cincinnati. He's now with the Jets. And that takes us to uh, the guy that the Bengals brought in. That is Hayden Hurst. And as the Athletics' Paul Daner Jr. writes, Hurst offers a higher ceiling in the pass game than Uzama. And he wrote that Uzama's 49, 493, five-touchdown line, that's the CJ Uzama line, should be seen as the base of expectations for Hayden Hurst. Now, Lawrence... We don't want to. We don't want to necessarily be hyping Hayden Hurst here. But again, it's June. Are you buying any of the appeal here? Where, where are you on this Hurst? Th- this whole Hurst thing, if we could call it that. Yeah, I, I'm definitely. I could definitely go with the fact that you know that that 500 yard, five to six touchdown could be the baseline for him in that offense, simply because you know a little more athletic tight end. Um, you've seen him have a similar stat line uh, his first year. Uh, in Atlanta, um, and, and then you know you you got the attention on Jamar Chase. That's how CJ had a lot of his good mm-hmm. games. You know he'd be he'd be wide open down the middle because people worried about Jamar Chase deserving mm-hmm. so and uh and T Higgins out there. So, and he and we started picking up CJ Uzoma. We started picking him up mm-hmm. to stream him here and there. Uh, same case as Gerald Everett but a little better. Like I'd rather take Hayden Hurst uh, just because I saw what CJ Uzoma did. And, you know, they don't have a running back that's about to gobble up 90 receptions. So I, I would probably, I, I like him a little more than uh, Gerald Everett actually, but yeah, I could definitely see like uh, the 500 yard is like, you know, a nice little floor with, you know, 700 ish yards up there as a ceiling so what's gonna make the difference with a lot of these tight ends is touchdowns anyway um mm-hmm. that's what it's really all about um so yeah i would you know again i'm not like you said we not here to hype that up because there right. we the hype is in the wide receivers let's be clear we know that um but you know it could be a decent streaming option based on the matchup or how that defense defends the tight end position Hayden Hurst has always checked a lot of a lot of boxes. Like he's he's hyper athletic. He was very productive in college. He was a first round pick by the Ravens, which folks forget, including myself. Saying that, here's when you're going to use him this year. You're going to use him in your fantasy lineup when the Bengals are playing in what is expected to be a high scoring game against a defense that is a pass funnel defense. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow is going to throw it 50 times. That's the only time you're going to play Hayden Hurst. Like. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, they eat up too much of the target pie for Hurst to be anything close to like an every week starter unless you're in like a 22-team league. So that, that's that's where he stands. All right, we're going to end with some backfield news that may or may not interest people, and that is that Aaron Reese of The Athletic writes that the Texans might lean on Marlon Mack to start the year, yes, Marlon Mack, before rookie fourth-rounder Damian Pierce takes over. Now, obviously, Denny, we all want a piece of this Texans backfield yeah. anyway. We can possibly get it. I just looked at the schedule. Houston has Indianapolis and Denver to start the season, so not exactly a dream matchups, even in a world where Mac does, you know, is being leaned on heavily. Do we care at all about this Mac news? And secondly, is this Texans backfield too crowded for Pierce to even carve out a significant role at some point if Mac does fade away? I mean, is you know, well, is it just too much of a jumbled mess to even matter? 
I think the fact that the Texans are going to be coached in a very old school, traditional way, is yeah. probably good for Marlon Mack and bad for Damian Pierce. I think mm-hmm. Damian Pierce is going to have to show show the coaches that the kid is ready, and that might happen in like week fourteen. So just you know, <laughs> be patient with Damian Pierce. I feel like if you're if you're drafting Damian Pierce, being like, oh, I got the Texans bell cow back, and he's going to take over as soon as Marlon Mack fumbles the ball the first time. That's not that's not happening. Like Marlon Mack is probably going to get the you know something close to the every down roll. As a guy who was productive, he had over a thousand yards rushing as a starter for Indianapolis uh, in 2019, right. and uh, you know has has the, the 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 trust of the coaching staff. I just I think that Pierce is nothing more than like a, a bench stash, like hope hope that uh, uh, that he'll get in there eventually. And on, on a on a Texans team that will probably try to keep it on the ground as much as possible. Um, Marlon Mack could have could have his moments. I'm trying here, guys. I'm trying to paint a, a rosy picture of Marlon Mack. I, for one, I'm I'm pretty happy for Marlon Mack when yeah. when, he, when he came back, man, and and they showed him, uh, you know, doing drills on the side and like I started tweeting about Marlon Mack and people took it as like he gonna challenge Jonathan Taylor. I'm like, no, 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 man. I'm just happy he running. I'm happy he, you know, he he gonna be good to go now. What's interesting is uh, their leading rushers, the Texans from last year, was Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson. Top three rushers, those are veterans, like mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. veterans, like, right. you know, closer to 30 than they is to 22. You know, so it definitely, th- this news is no shock. Uh, it should be like this. Damian Pierce is going to have to get in there with his opportunities and literally outplay the veteran running backs. That is Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, who went off that one week against the Chargers, I believe. Yeah, so he's he going to have to get in there, and that's how it goes for rookies. You have to get in there and uh and, and outplay your competition uh, to show that the coaching staff could trust you. Like you say, you know, Marlon Mack got a 1,000-yard season under his belt despite it being mm-hmm. three years ago. He's got it just another year removed from his own uh, Achilles. He had an Achilles injury, right? Yeah, uh, yes. Just another year removed from that, and now he get an opportunity. Like, th- this could be it, – it could – we could – we could get shocked, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, draft day when Damian Pierce got drafted in the fourth round, we like, okay, we know what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. But maybe we don't because Marlon Matt, he can play. And yeah. we're going to get a chance to see what he what he could do. Um fantasy wise, the most likely outcome is that it end up being some type of uh timeshare, especially mm-hmm. if they want to keep the ball on the ground as much as possible, uh get them running backs uh shuffling in and out of there. But um yeah. Damian Pierce, uh, I would put a lot of money on him not being RB1 in the Texas backfield for week one. And we, probably uh, first five weeks. Right, right. You, you know you know what we need? We need an algorithm that measures how well a player uh, fits into the Texans' culture because that's a culture-based <laughs> team, okay? And and Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, they talk about culture. We need, we need culture guys, culture, culture, culture. We don't need, we don't need skilled guys. We don't need good players. 
We need <laughs> players who fit the culture. And so I need to know more. I need to look into this. Does right. Damian Pierce fit the culture? If he does, you know, he could be starting week one. If he doesn't, he could be cut by, by Halloween. We don't know. I'm you kidding. better get the culture and then culture. Get some culture. <laughs> By the way, Marlon Mack is going to play this whole season at age 26. It feels like he has been around longer than that and is like, yeah. and in, our, in all of our minds, he's like sort of a washed up, you know, aging. Nah, man. Nah, nah. He, he is here. He well, going for, okay. He going for 1,800 yards. <laughs> okay. Just. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's the end of our uh, agenda for today. Anything you guys want to mention on NBC Sports Edge before we get out of here? Denny, I know you happen to write, I think you wrote a Bears preview that Pat Doherty uh, thought he was supposed to write, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You actually um, wrote it. You actually wrote it. I wrote it. Uh, Pat also wrote it. <laughs> and Pat, Pat wrote his own. And yeah, his, uh, it's, it's like when a, when, a, when a band has like a secret album that is never released. So mm-hmm. Pat's uh, Bears 2022 preview. Right. Is going in the archives. It'll be released in the year 2075 uh, for those who are are interested in reading it. But yeah, my mine is up on the site, and I feel like I dug deep on Justin Fields to show his potential. I'm intrigued. I, I hope you. Uh, I hope you tried. I hope you found some. I hope you you summoned some optimism there. I found. I found some stuff. That's what I'll tell okay. you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lawrence, anything you want to mention before we go? Uh, same deal, man. I'm right there with him uh, with, with the uh, fantasy previews. Mine in particular will be coming up in July. I think I'll start off with the Raiders and uh, go from there. But uh, we got them coming overall, you know, every day. So and then on Friday, I'll do a little uh, video recap of all of the fantasy previews uh, that we've done in that said week. So, yeah, people could look out for that. All right. Sounds good. Check out all of that on NBC Sports Edge. Want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us today. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to our show. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We'll be back here on Thursday this week. Denny, Lawrence, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.